Hello, sir. Hello. Oh, wait a second. I sound weird. You sound a bit, yeah. That should be better. Oh, there you go, yeah. Uh, so, okay. Transformers intro. And, it's, and we had Adam. Okay, all right, I can do that. Three, two. Beautiful. So, oh. ah. I'm not going to try and... I won't trip you up. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so this week we are Yeah, talking... sorry, what are we starting? You go. You Sorry, you go. So this week we... Three, two, Wait. one. <laughs> so this week we're don't let me interrupt you okay to, uh, about, you just don't cover it uh, yeah I'll, I'll just keep i'll just keep going i'll just keep going whatever you do don't let me interrupt you <laughs> don't let me break your flow transformers <laughs> so uh, uh, <laughs> what are you drinking? I'm drinking the three-pronged attack of tap water. Tap water. Telma, yeah. Pen and tap. Doc, Dr. Pepper, which is in your honor. Oh, wow. So I fully expect to have a headache at the end of this from the caffeine. Oh, dear. And I've got a uh, uh, sparkling, cloudy damson gin. Handshake. Yeah. Handbreak. Da- damson gin? Damson, sorry, not gin. Damson, that's wishful thinking. Damson cider. Can you imagine Damson's that can of, a can, a of, can of gin? Damson gin. Shit, that would. Damson gin's really nice though. Completely if I fucked, I would imagine. It's uh, last time I think I had damson gin was with uh, Kim when I lived in Cambridge, and she, most people make it. Okay. So you get loaded damson and some sugar and you put it like my mother makes it. It, it okay. sits in the yeah, it sits in the cupboard until the the damsons are just dis- dissolved yeah, into the yeah. gin for like ten years. There's yeah. probably damson gin at the farm that's been there, you know, since my grandfather was alive. Still not and, um, blind. Yeah, and that's it's moonshining. It's proper yeah. country moonshining. It is, yeah. Old town country moonshining. <laughs> Old town yeah. country moonshining. That's how my mother sounds. This week we're talking about Transformers Five, the Transformers Age of Extinction. <laughs> that's not what it's called. <laughs> I think that's, that's not what it's called. <laughs> Seriously, go for it this time. Okay. Yeah. What is it called? The Last Night. The Last Night. Okay. So this week we are talking about Transformers: The Last Night. Uh, we are going to be once again joined by our friend Adam Gibson, uh, who is going to. And, and basically, what happened was Adam and Mark both went to see the film. I was going to go and see it, and ended up not going. So I kind of ended up being referee between them in their discussion. So uh, because one of them was on one side and one of them was on the other, I won't spoil it because I know that's what you're listening for. So, um, but yeah. Uh, and, but yeah, the uh, Transformers discussion will be coming up uh, right after we talk about what we did this week. Jingle! International break. Did you enjoy that? I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to use that all over the shop. Anytime there's a not natural thing, I'll probably put that in. Uh, That's good. So, what have you been doing this week, sir? Okay, this week, uh, well, just work mainly. To be honest with you, um, yeah, uh, it was it was a fairly decent week of of, uh, of regular work, just kind of getting stuff done. Um, we had some some busyness, and uh, yeah, I really haven't gotten up to up to much. Uh, I, I'm I'm home alone this weekend because my wife's at a, a concert in Los Angeles. Uh, with, uh, Joe Pesci and and the other guys that broke into the house yet. 
Uh, not yet, um, but uh, I've had the cardboard cutouts going, you know, pretty much constantly. So. Rocking around the Christmas tree. <laughs> was that what it was? That was what it yeah, was. it was. Yeah, I think. Um, <laughs> and uh, yes, paint cans and toy cars. Yeah, exactly. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. The Michael Jordan cutout. Um, so yeah, actually, there's, there's uh, it's like a big two day concert that starts tonight. Um, that's let me see if I can name all the bands. The Eagles, Fleetwood Mac, Steely Dan, Journey, Earth, Wind & Fire, and the Doobie Brothers over two days. As a colleague of mine christened it, Geezer Palooza. Well, yeah, why was that? You said that to me the other day on a text. Because uh, they're all really old. Right, because to me, Geezer, you know, like... Geezer's a bit different, yeah. Geezer here yeah, just yeah. means kind of old guy, whereas in the UK yeah. it's like, Geezer, isn't it? Well, I, Which yeah. describes it really well. <laughs> can't go geezer palooza yeah i love them eagles <laughs> you're doing a kate nash impression you're watching glow too much <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. yeah so that, that was one thing that i did this week actually was watch all of glow for an upcoming episode indeed hint yes how about you sir what was uh what was your week like um i've just been trying to figure it out actually just been trying to write it down because this week i feel like I haven't stopped, and I barely, I've barely slept, so it's been a stupid nightmare. Um, most of it's just been work and nonsense, but um, just trying to figure out what the hell else I did in there. Last week, I found out my local comic book shop was closing. Did I tell you that? Oh, no, that sucks. Yeah, that was a shame. I think one of their um, suppliers pulled a financial rug from under them, and they were just left with a black hole in the finances, and then suddenly that all fell apart, which is a shame, because uh. at some point, I would have got Simon, who ran that on here. I mean, I still could. He's just not running it anymore. Sure, yeah. Um, and so that's a shame. So I popped in there last weekend to buy the last of my stuff and uh, that he was keeping for me and, and just buy a load of other random shit um, just to hopefully help the financial landing be a little softer for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah, obviously they're going to have to liquidate all their inventory, I imagine, and, and try and recoup as much as they can for, for what they've got in the shop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'd been... I saw... I learned on Facebook a little earlier than the weekend because he posted a picture of the the shop window and um and it was just said 50 percent off uh closing down sale kind of thing or something like that yeah and it was just he just posted on facebook with uh the line saddest day of my life oh that's a shame so, i imagine it's, for, for people who are we run those sorts of places i imagine it's a kind of a lifelong dream to, to have that and then to see it kind of go down the toilet isn't isn't great no, and uh, and and you know, for for the sort of community you you have around those sorts of things, yeah. sometimes it it can be a massive thing for them. And this had like a whole upstairs where they used to do all those of tabletop uh, games and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is not my wheelhouse at all. I just I just sit and read. But um, but yeah, I know I know he was trying to find somewhere else to take on some of the leagues and stuff they had running out of the. Oh sure, because people who do get into those tabletop games, and my my dad was into them when I when he was younger before I was born. Uh, he actually knew the founder of Games Workshop for a bit, funnily enough. Oh, wow. Um, but uh, I had a friend at school, well, I guess kind of, you know, someone in my outer social circle at school who was way into into the Games Workshop tabletop game type stuff. And they really get into it. They really kind of, it's it's not a, a one foot in kind, kind of hobby. It's a, it's a both feet forward, you know, really go for it and get involved type thing so if it's been established over even even a couple of years then then yeah they'll want to find somewhere else to play i'm sure mm. yeah and they you know magic the gathering and uh yeah. there's a star wars one and oh really oh i don't even know i mean there's so many of these games that they were playing out there and doing different on different days and things so and yeah. um when i was in there i heard a 
someone speaking to the guy who's like, oh yeah, so you know, when you move, are you going to do all this? And he was like, we're not moving. <laughs> you know, like this isn't this isn't a sale because we're relocation. Yeah, no, 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 this no. is we're done. So oh, what a shame. That, that was that was a bit of a shame. So I did that. Um, I uh, work's been frantic and silly and uh, and um, slightly fraught this week. So that's been good. A lot of a lot of arguments with folks. Um, and then uh, I took May Heather's kid to the cinema for the first time on. Oh yeah, on Friday night, and uh, that was um, that was great. Went to see Despicable Me with a four year old, <laughs> which was um, which was just lovely because like I, I, it's the first time she's ever been. So this this giant dark room with this giant screen to her is amazing. Like yeah. and she just she's the sort of little character where sometimes she'll just go quiet when she can't comprehend, uh-huh. and she was just so quiet and just staring, <laughs> like what, just that. soaking it all in. So she, yeah, so she was just there watching, just even the ads and just being like, "Oh, Batman!" You know, when it was like Lego Batman ran through or whatever. Yeah. And um, this is, you know, even before the film started, and like there was a Cars ad or something, and you know, things that she knew, but she, there was just all this like, oh, giant TV thing happening. That's cool. Um, That's fun to be there for the first time. Yeah. Oh, now and now I want to take like my brother's kid for the first yeah. time, and like I went to see. I actually last uh, Sunday I did go and see. Um, Spider-Man with Adam and Owen. Oh yeah, and um, and uh, yeah, there was no Adam and the boys. Adam and the boys um, with their naff naff jackets and their Ray Bans <laughs> and callback. Um, <laughs> and uh, they, they didn't. I couldn't see a reference to her name on that picture at the start. Just oh, right, that. okay. So um, yes, yeah, so I did that. So I've been to cinema with two children this week, but Owen's been going for a little while. So he, but he's really, he's really nice in the cinema. Like he, he totally gets it. Cool. But yeah, May was scared of some little bits and stuff. And the only thing I didn't like was the Cineworld arms don't go up. Oh. So that when May was really scared, she was trying to uh, huddle into me or whatever. But yeah. she, I couldn't. You can lift the arms up. Do it oh. around the thing. Yeah. Oh. So that was a bit of a shame. And I've never really thought about that before. No. So, but uh, yeah. So I did that today. I went this afternoon. I went and met, saw your mother and grandmother, and they oh, say fun. hello. Oh, uh, your grandmother specifically sends her love. Your mother, of uh, she Not so much. Uh, okay, that's fine. She she said you're all right. Yeah, she said. <laughs> He's a chore of a man. You spoke to her. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that's been. I think that's been pretty much everything that hasn't been work or trying to sleep or bugger about. I'm just trying to think if I did anything else. No, I think that's it. I think that's everything. Well, I, I I went to a, I went to the, actually last night um, went to the uh, the movies for uh, a, 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 the an, another upcoming segment um, and uh, it was a the, the only place that was was showing this particular film was a, a, a place I'd never been to. Um, and oh yeah, how was that? Sorry, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was really scummy. But um, hang a minute, hang a minute. Gamp Cinema Review. <laughs> Cine Point Six in Alton, Utah. Oh, um, we're gonna name it. I don't know name it. <laughs> you can bleep that if you like, or just cut it out. Well, no, no, I'll be like shit point. <laughs> shit point. No, I'll be like beep point six beep 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 Utah. But I'll beep all the wrong bits of it so you can tell. Okay, yeah. like when when there's 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 like bleeps on uh, that. Clearly, people have done live or something, or just not very Slightly well. Slightly too late. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, that's, that really worked well. Good job. Quite me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, I, I'm really, really spoiled because I go to my local AMC um, as my regular place. Uh, I've got the membership and everything with the, with the rewards. And I, I get like $5 rewards quite regularly um, that can, you can use against tickets or concessions. So I, I'm kind of incented to go there. Plus it's got, uh, you know, decent, really good sound. It was refurbished about four, three or four years ago now. Uh, and they put the big leather electric recliners in all of the theaters. So there's no regular seating in there. It's just all of, it's all those. Um, and uh, oh, what in the AMC? Yeah. Damn. Okay. So yes. Yeah, so there's no regular seating in there anymore. It's just all the, uh, and, and they have the, the, they're in pairs and they have the, the arms that go up in, in between and stuff. So nice. Yeah. Take me there next time. Um, just 4,000 miles. <laughs> yeah. Just, that's all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that might be considered abduction, but you know, whatever. Uh, so I went to this, yeah, this 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 other one uh, that was the only place that, that was was carrying the, the film that I was I was going to see, and which I sent you because I sent you to see it, yes. and uh, it's been out there at least a month, I think, at this point. So so this is a second run place, yeah, a burst, yeah, yeah, and, and that would kind of seem to be that there was a really weird mix of trailers up front. Um, do we want to do want to get into for this a second now, there, for a second there? I thought. Um, trailers like uh oh like, like trailers like sitting outside the front of the, of the like, yeah there's the a place. weird mix of as you drive up to the place it's just it's like, like a popcorn trailer and, and a, oh, no, a drinks no, trailer like, like a meth trailer and, a, <laughs> and bubbles from the trailer park boys and, you know excellent now we'll get all into all this when we do that in a, in a okay i'll save it well when we get so um yeah save it let's save it for later okay. um but so, what else was wrong with the actual place then? It's just a little, just dirty and old. Um, uh, that the floor, you know, has got Twizzlers in it from the nineties, and mm-hmm. uh, the seats were squeaky. They weren't uncomfortable per se, but they were squeaky. Um, for some reason, in this place, I noticed people <laughs> kind of cock, popcorn, cockporn. Pop- <laughs> what? Pop- you went to you went to see what? <laughs> wrong theater, wrong theater. Um, My wife's away. <laughs> and it's the, like the munching sounds, and then there was there was the one couple who were probably five rows behind me on the other side of the aisle, who were uh, were just that kind of stuff going on. Right, quite um, quite a film as well. So I suppose. yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, noisy air conditioning, <laughs> which is uh, you know you, you need it here. Uh, it was even though it was a nine thirty showing, it was a... less of a less of a hum and more of a more of a kind of blow type sound. Yeah, like That's a cat it. gets stuck in it at one point. After a while, you're like that. That cat's dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but which, to be honest, I noticed much more at the start than than the, when I was sitting in there waiting for the the movie to start. Uh, once the movie started, it, it kind of I tuned it out, you know. Um, but yeah, it just just not the the cinematic experience I'm used to. But for three bucks, I really can't argue. Oh shit, it was three bucks. Yeah, three bucks. Yeah. What else are they playing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you want to see? <laughs> we'll find out when I'm there. Yeah. Yeah, we should we should definitely go there actually. When you yeah, here, I want to see the, the, the meth trailer yeah. and the. Yeah. <laughs> I actually put a photo uh, a photo up on on uh, Instagram that's uh, there was over the the entrance it was me, me waiting as, as they had the name of the theater. So I mean, it's it's a dead giveaway. It was actually 
written in the uh, in neon, which was kind of cool. Damn it! Oh yeah, look at that. Splendid. Yes, in okay. fact, that, that was, I forget who who liked it actually, but it's it's someone who has Harriet by looks of it. Is that who that is? Because it's kind of it's a yeah. like a request account. So it's a what? You, you, you oh, she got her privacy stuff. Yeah, request no, account stuff. Yeah. She's um. Who is she? Uh, got a bit. Uh, Harry worked at the cinema here. Worked at. Oh, cool. So now we found out about how our weeks were. We'll go into talking about Transformers with Adam. Seamless. International break. It started as a legend, one of the greatest of all. A thousand years we've kept it hidden. These are troubled times. Without leaders, chaos reigns. Two worlds colliding. you dude why they keep coming here it just oddly went really mad when you turned your video on it isn't like i'm not just saying that because i don't want to see you um it is a genuine thing <laughs> i i don't like skype i've decided this, uh, i no, can't stand uh, skype this this evening it's really really tried my uh my calm cool collected uh life mandate <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna... It took you a long time to get there, and I'm not sure you actually got there. No, I didn't. So... <laughs> anyway, right, so someone say what we're doing while I uh, try and achieve some kind of sense of zen. <laughs> um... <laughs> well, do you mean in terms of just saying that um... we are talking about Michael Bay's latest masterpiece? Um... <laughs> yes, <laughs> we are here to discuss Transformers, The Last Night. Which Jared has not seen, and so we'll be acting as a moderator of sorts. There you go. I was about to say chairman. <laughs> chairman, okay. You can be whatever you want to be. This week on question time. There you go. I have a feeling you will effectively be some kind of counselor. <laughs> counselor. <laughs> uh, I'll talk you down off the CG ledge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's dive into it. Adam, would you like to start being the first person who saw the film? Yeah, I will. But I'll keep it brief. Um, unlike the film The Zinger, uh, just because um, there's so much to say. Um, but in essence, it it isn't. I think what I said to you was it it snatched defeat from the jaws of victory, where victory was an okay film, just because it shouldn't have been that bad. And it's just like they tried to make it that bad. And just when I thought it would bring me on board, they did something that there were a number of times where I kept burying my head in my hands in the cinema, irrespective of who was looking at me or why they were wondering, because I was so utterly despondent with the level of itself it managed to be. Okay. Uh, how did you see it just before I dive into it? You saw a regular 2D screening? Yeah, just a straight 2D. Okay, I saw the 3D IMAX because that was the only way I, I wanted to see it. Um, just because it was, sh you know, shot with the IMAX 3D cameras and whatnot. And I have to say, going into this discussion, that I kind of liked it. <laughs> and do you know what, though? I kind of thought you would, and that's okay. 
Um, like it made me, I howled with laughter at different points, and and not for the right reasons, I think. So I, I yes. was, what reasons did you howl with laughter? Oh, just because the, the, I mean, it was so stupid, but it wasn't like I actually quite enjoyed it, but it was kind of stupid. But for all the reasons we're probably going to get into, um, like it won't make the top ten of the year, like and. But, so what? Why are you even talking about? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know what other way to, to, to you know, meter out the success of this film, but I did enjoy it, and there's a good chance, like, I may see it again one day, <laughs> you know? Like, it was... I don't know. Go, start us off. Go on. Dive into the, uh, the bigger... I, I, I don't know if I can. I feel betrayed. Don't feel no, betrayed. Come I on, don't. give your. Um, <laughs> Gerard's here as the uh, chairman. I'm the uh, the case for the uh, defence. You're the prosecution. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to put my feeling across, which is actually to say that I do understand your feeling on it. And my kind of thing with it was that if they were people and not robots, and if that was a relatively inexperienced crew, writer, director, whoever, and maybe didn't have a big budget behind them, then you can be forgiving of the try-hard, the lapses, the poor decisions. You can get on board with it. But when it's cost that much money, when there's that many people invested in it, and you still make that many bad decisions, that, I think, is my real problem with it. Okay, so to give uh, context for the, the first part of the story for Gerard, um, we, we open in the Dark Ages with, um, okay. with uh, the uh, Knights of the Round Table, essentially, the Britons under Arthur, King Arthur, fighting, yeah. um, I, don't, I don't really know who they're meant to be, the Barbarian Horde, I don't know. Yeah, they are a mix of Vikings, Barbarians. I think you would describe them as ne'er-do-wells. <laughs> okay. Gosh. I think I got. A, I think I saw a bit of that in the trailer. Right. And uh, and then that's all happening, and you've got like sort of flaming trebuchets and stuff firing, and it's you know, and and actually the one of the few things I really, really, really hated about it. There's a there's a couple of gags involving horses where they where they're supposed to be hit by things, and I it didn't look like those horses were treated particularly well. Um, mm. The way a couple of them crashed to the ground, I was like, oh, just do that with your CGI. Um, mm. Seriously. But uh, but it would have been monitored, so that's fine, you know, for for humane uh, stuff. But uh, but then then we we smash cut to uh, drunk Merlin on his horse, <laughs> who is uh, who is racing to try and get help, um, and uh, and goes to see a transformer who gives him a staff, which summons a dragon that then sort of lays waste to kind of everyone on the battlefield, which was like my first laughter was like yes. he's, he's supposed to be helping the Arthur and the Britons. But he's he seems to just kind of breathe fire over everyone and kill everyone. Yeah, but Arthur's fine with that. He's just kind of like, well, you know, dragon. Well, yeah, he's up on the hill. I suppose most of his soldiers are poor anyway. Yeah, it's not really the Arthur of legend, is it, with the nobility and the you yeah. know fiery death? His sword and armor seem to be transformers as well. Did you notice that? It kind of goes on the. Uh... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, they. Yeah, I, I won't start yet. Keep going. Okay. And then, um, all right, all right, dive in whenever you want um, <laughs> while I talk myself out of liking this film by saying what happens in it or trying to explain what happens in it. Um, 
So the, the dragon is a giant transformer. And then No, uh, no. The dragon is multiple oh, the, transformers. Yeah, it's sorry, combined. it's a it's a fucking gobot. It's um it's twelve <laughs> it's twelve supposed to be twelve, but you never see twelve on screen at once. A megazord. He's a megazord, a gobot, or whatever. No, the, 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 sorry, the best thing about the twelve thing is you know they, they they do a scene with the round table where like the knights are around the round table and they're all touching swords across the table. Mm. And then they're like, and there were twelve Transformer knights as well, and they touched, but we can't fit them all on screen around the table. So there's four. Yeah, that's it. You, I don't think you ever see twelve. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it just feels like it's literally because they didn't plan for trying to get twelve robots around a table. It's also like the 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 fact that that round table seems to be in the ruins of a church, and. Mm. The, how would the be oh, and Anthony Hopkins' house? <laughs> or well, yeah, it becomes later it, they build a house around the yeah. round table. But but in the Dark Ages, there's supposed to be this ruin of a church with the round table in it. But that that church would have had to have been new then. Well, yeah, but I'm sorry if you're going to get to that level of scrutiny, then the hour that you planned for this is woefully woefully <laughs> well, no, but inadequate. It, just, it was one of those things where it was just like, well, how can they have? How would they have a ruined church? Like, that church can't be any older than the time this scene's happening. Anyway, very little else bothered me. This is a Norman church. You mean, like, from 20 years ago? Mm. Maybe it got destroyed in the battle they just had. Maybe that's the... I don't know, but it looked like... Because obviously they just went and filmed it some ruined church somewhere. So. Yeah, but I think more to the... I mean, like, because you've kicked off, so I'll answer the question. Firstly, why would you put a nice new table in a ruin of a church? That That is a very odd thing to do. You'd put it somewhere... Where there was some kind of waterproofing, like a roof, um, you know, well, the, walls. The table's probably a transformer as well. So, like, I, I, why can't it just be somewhere else? Why did they have? To I think this is on? this is the way the films are going. Is that everything is a transformer? Like, yeah, all the people are actually transformers. They just don't know it yet. Okay. Well, well, actually, by the end of it, did you stay for the mid credits sequence? Um, I stayed for the first one. There was only the... one, I think. With the lady in the desert. Yeah. Okay, so then the story moves to modern day Chicago, right? Or is there something in between? My mind is a blur of hateful images. <laughs> okay, I think we then go to Chicago now, which is a. a it does. A, a I've just remembered what it cuts to. It cuts to the kids, doesn't it? The yeah. kids, uh, they're going to go trespassing. You know, there's like a sign on a thing that says you'll be shot. Yes. And there's been war. But they're like, hey, this will be fun. Let's jump the gate. Yeah, so Chicago, which I think was the third film, wasn't it? Was where the big battle happened in the third third film, and now yeah. that's a kind of walled off, deserted um, wasteland. But it doesn't look that bad, really, apart from certain streets. Yeah, um, but I think you have to admire the human spirit, really, the fact that there's all this incredibly advanced alien technology that no person has unscrupulously attempted to salvage. Um, including the government. Well, I don't know, the film doesn't sort of linger on that kind of stuff, so you never know. They might be pulling bits out as time goes on. <laughs> the, but... the only thing the film lingers on is cleavage or asses. Okay. Um, but even then, he, he doesn't do that as much as he previously did. Like, I was surprised. You sound so upset about that. No, I'm not. Um, but... No, to be fair, that's one thing I have to say about this one is with the female lead and everything, they didn't go quite as far as they have. And I personally actually was quite happy about that. Yeah, no, it wasn't... Uh, it was quite restrained for him, you know, in that respect. I mean, you still have... When your female lead does show up, she gets immediately described as a stripper, which was just kind of like, oh, OK, then, brilliant. But 
you know, it, it, compared to how he has done, you know, like the bloody sun setting between um, uh, Marky Mark's teenage daughter's legs in the last one. It was just like, oh, Christ, Bay, what are you doing? Exactly, nope. yeah, but that's that's him, isn't it? That's his thing. Hmm. Um, he moved on from homoeroticism to, uh, to, to to just objectifying females. No, just obje- yeah. he just objectifies everyone. Because, I mean, the way he shoots, like, if you've seen Pain and Gain, the way he shoots, like, Mark Wahlberg and The Rock, he just... And cars, and, I mean, they are objects apart from when they transform, but he just objectifies everything. He's just an objectivist, not in that way. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, so, yeah, modern-day Chicago, war zone, kids break in, they're like, do you want to see some Transformers or whatever? And then they sort of get attacked by Ed 209s that are run by the government. And then Mark Wahlberg shows up in, like, his cool badass truck for some reason and uh, shoots the, uh, the Ed 209 robots. And then the kids run away or something, apart from the little girl. No, the the well, the little girl's not with them, is she? No, She's the little girl actually, by rights, the little girl saves them first. Yes, and then they kind of get saved by Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, and um, then I don't think it's specific about what happens after that, which is quite an occurring theme. That you know, do what you need to do, then don't think about it. Hmm. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a crashed ship after. When Mark Wahlberg's done in Chicago, there's a crashed ship that doesn't seem to have crashed in this film or any previous film, and no. was one of the first instances of uh, of me thinking like, "Oh, do you feel like there was meant to be a film in between these? Because there's there's gaps, you know, in uh, in some of the story stuff. Even 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 when this one does actually kind of um, use the mythology built up in the previous four quite well, you know, it actually acknowledges things that have previously happened. It still doesn't really um make any sense some of the time and uh, no no but i think you're i think you're actually giving it too much credit and thinking that there is because i genuinely believe and i'll come when the time comes i'll talk about the one example of it that made me absolutely livid with a combination of horror laughter and anger but they think of what they want to do for whatever reason, and they just do it. They don't care if it doesn't make logical sense. They don't care if it fits with anything else that's going on. They want to do it, so they just do it. Okay, do you want to take the lead then and, and just lead us through some of that? Because the, the random robot knight in the ship with his talisman is, is probably one of those for you, is it? Yeah, no, there's, there's, there's literally everything. I mean, the whole premise of the film, like, just to... Cause, Obviously, we won't have time to talk through it all because there's so much nonsense going on hmm. and so, so much of it does not matter, does it? Let's be frank. The whole thing of Optimus has gone through space to try and challenge his makers. But the builder, you know, that was the big thing. That the end, was it the end of the last one where he, he set himself off through space? And... Yeah, I think so. I think the end of him is, is, is him floating in space, which, which is where yeah. we kind of pick up here, isn't it? And there's him the recorded him. message, I am Optimus Prime. If you can hear this and you're my makers, I'm coming for you. And then he meets his maker and goes, I'm going to do whatever you tell me. Well, he is kind of immediately chained up and kind of brainwashed. <laughs> no, but no, but they kind of don't really put any effort into that, do they? It's just like, no, you're going to have to know that this happened. It will show him chained up. But when she had the first conversation with him, his eyes started changing colour. Yeah. And she kind of touched his face and it did a weird thing. It goes a bit red, yeah. 
Yeah, but then all I'm thinking is, surely she could just do that to all the Transformers and then there's no one to oppose her. Yeah, but they'd all have to land immediately next to her house like Optimus did somehow. No, she could go to them. I'm sure she can move around. Oh, yeah, but she's... Well, that's the whole point, isn't it? She's slowly getting to Earth. Like, yeah, but this is this is my this is the point is you can't this is what I mean about their they don't care because someone like me and yeah I overthink things I know I overthink things but it just my brain instantly thinks well well if she can do that to Optimus Prime why hasn't she done it to more people well, and because like in this one Megatron who seems to not look like he did in any of the other ones he has a red no. line down his face as well. And that's yeah. what Optimus gets when, when he turns bad. So I wondered if there was something in that, whether whether there was something yeah. to do with, uh, like Quintessa had had done. Quintessa's the bad, the sort of lead bad. Uh, well, she's not. She's another. She's kind of a human-sized floating robot thing. Do you know what she reminded me of? Do you remember Species? the Queen Borg? Oh, okay. In, uh, is it First Contact? Yes. Yeah, she reminded me a bit of that, like a Transformer version of her, but. Um, yeah, I thought she looked a bit like the, the Giga thing from Species. Yes, that's actually better, I think. Um, but she probably acts more like the the Borg Queen. Because um, she's if she is supposed to be the the maker of the Transformers, then uh, really. Um, but she floats around like one of those things in the Matrix, um, and she's got some of her own Transformer like henchmen, hasn't she? They couldn't just go and get the thing because, you know. You, not every Transformer can just float through space. Well, there's got to there's be, some be some rules. Yeah, only Optimus can uh, can just just float through space. At several points in this film, are the the, the are the Transformers who have spaceships and the spaceships have gone through space? What? Why didn't Optimus just go on a ship? Yeah, but that's that is exactly the point I'm trying to make. That they do all this stuff because they just want to do it, and they don't care if there is a logic to it. They just do it. It's like. Stuff goes off with the kids, right? And Optimus has gone into space and he's been subverted. And then the young girl who has befriended a Transformer and is looking after him, then she goes and finds Mark Wahlberg's... No, she she stows away and gets into Mark Wahlberg's Actually, place. can I quickly just point out something that happens before then? You know when they're still in Chicago and there's the Transformer canopy that they're hiding under? Yes. And then the army guys murder canopy... And yes. he's just there spewing out green stuff and she's trying to save him. Mark Wahlberg's like, no, go, go, go. And then she's like, he's the only family I've got. He's the only, you know. And then, then there's, her, there's her other one. She's got that other one. Yeah, he's, he's like the real family. Yeah. Like Canopy's the, the kind of semi-abusive father-in-law and then the other <laughs> okay. one's, the, you know, he, he's a real, a real kid. Because she's not that bothered when Canopy dies. I mean, she is at first, but then she's like, yeah, do you know what, I didn't need him. I'll oh, I was more on. worried about little... I'm going to call him Shits, because I don't know his name. Um, what about his feelings? I don't... He looks a bit like he, he doesn't have his brain working the way Transformers' brain should. Like, okay. He probably didn't... He, he didn't know what was happening. Okay. He, he, he appeared to be, for, for visual reference for Jared, he appeared to be bits of a Lambretta smashed together um, to yeah. form oh. some kind of BB-8-looking mess. Okay. Like, he didn't really have any, uh, anything of value going for him. <laughs> Like he was just a tiny little knackered lump of things buzzing around on kind of one wheel. I believe we just lost Adam. Oh, did we? Yeah, it went. Oh, and oh there it he's goes. Gone. Yeah, I just got it. Let me try and see whether I can get him back. 
Okay. This film sounds like a mess. I liked it. I, you know, as much as there are, you know, bits to, 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 I mean, there are things that don't make any sense, but after a while, it's just like, I don't know, we're on the fifth of these ones now. It's like, if you don't know what you're getting, then, then don't go and see it. <laughs> Which is why but I didn't intend is... to go and see it. But then I did, and I really enjoyed it, because it was like a less leery, misogynist version of what it was, even with all its faults. So. That is the point with these films, isn't it? Is you really can't, you really can't have high expectations for them now. No, I mean, we're, 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 like I say, we're four, we're four in, and I thought four was pretty interminable. Like it felt like there was an hour missing from that, and it and it really gave me a headache. But is it really? Is this really only the fifth one? Yeah. Oh man, I, I would have sworn it was like the sixth or seventh, or the fifteenth. I think it's it's weird because actually they've. I think the first one was 2007, and this is the fifth yeah. one. So we've realistically had one every two years, which yeah. is quite an accelerated pace in a way. There must have been more gaps in there than that. Like, one of them must have been... Was it the, the, the one before this? Was it The Dark of the Moon? That was the third one. Last oh, one shit, was... Yeah. Um, Infinity War. That's Infinity War. <laughs> A, no, Age of Extinction, which was the first Age one where they introduced uh, dinosaurs and shit. Um, the age of the extinction. I like which, to put "thus" in between all of the words. It's fun. <laughs> the age of the no, the age the of the extinction. The. The. <laughs> so this one would be the last the night the. The Transformers yeah. the last the night the. <laughs> Actually, kind of works. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm just too accepting. Um, but yeah, so so Mark Wahlberg finds this. Um, down ship that doesn't appear to have crashed in the first half of the film and there's a knight in that ship who gives him this talisman he's like you'll need this and um and that doesn't really make any sense because he can't have been there since the battle two films ago so <laughs> someone no. would have found him or he would have died um, and i perceive impression of you'll need this is probably quite an accurate representation of the the dialogue if not verbatim yes he actually uh, um, seems to pull He's quite an exasperated robot because he kind of pulls like a, a mask off, which seems to be making him choke, even though he's a robot. And uh, okay. and then he's very like when he comes up, you know. General it's, Grievous. It, it's General Grievous. It's a it's a robot <laughs> with colic, and um, yeah. So he gives him the thing, and that ta that talisman becomes like the thing which um, is the the thing of legend that will denote who the last knight is. Then it cuts to Megatron, who's like, did you find the talisman yet? And he's like, well, how does everyone suddenly know about the talisman? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it just felt like there was a, a film in between missing that set up some of these uh, story elements. Because ultimately everyone's, I think Megatron does say it in that same scene. He's like, but if we don't have the talisman, we'll never find the staff. And, and it's, the staff is obviously Merlin's staff from that prelude thing. And it doesn't, it's, this is where I start to enjoy it, because it's just like, oh my God, how does everyone know all these no, things and they're suddenly after these, these things? Um, it's like they cut that, those scenes out, out of the film, or like you said, they, they've released this film out of order by yeah, mistake. It, yeah, it does feel a bit like that. It feels like, <laughs> oh wait, we've jumped to the sixth one. <laughs> you know, this is supposed to be the, uh, the glorious endpoint to the second trilogy, and this, they, they, they made the wrong one. You know, they, they arrived on day one, and they're like, right, oh shit, we've got the wrong script. Fuck it, we'll do it anyway. <laughs> just, just keep going. Um, we all, they've ever memorized it. 
Yes, they're all memorised. People, yeah, they show up. So some people are saying their lines from the wrong script. <laughs> um, but it, but it just works. <laughs> yeah, and so I forget how it happens now. But then they there's a oh Mark Wahlberg's got a junkyard where he's looking after like um, hidden robots. So he's got all these robots, not hidden robots, but like um, Transformers on the Run. He's looking after Transformers on the Run on his in his junkyard, and uh, the girl stows away, so she comes back. So he's illegally transported a. Uh, a, a minor over state lines, which I thought was funny, but it's never addressed in the film. I imagine if Chicago's in, I imagine if Chicago's in the kind of rooms it is that they're not super uh, super enforcing of those sorts of rules at, at that time. No, but I think um, it's not even like the next state. I think um, so. I uh. think his junkyard's supposed to be in like South Dakota. Um, but yeah, so she gets there and he's like, "You can't stay here." And then she's basically like, "Well, I am." And then it's like, "Okay, then." And then so she lives there. <laughs> And and uh, and he's got a guy who's helping him in the thing, and then somehow they end up in a fight in a, what's an abandoned town, but has bits of uh, Los Angeles in it. <laughs> um, so they're they're like on dusty Main Street, and then suddenly they're in a high rise building. Um, okay. And then that fight. Oh no, I've forgotten all the best bit. The best bit in this is um, uh, while this is all happening, you cut away to the army who who failed to get um, Mark Wahlberg and the kids in Chicago, and they're starting to make a deal with Megatron for some reason and Megatron's like I want all my mates out of prison and you have like a a weird um sequence where he uh he meets them in the desert he meets um army people in the desert and uh and there's lawyers there with phones and, and computers and things and they're like I want this guy and it's like another cool name and it'll cut to like a little sequence of what they did okay and then it'll cut back and he's like you you can't have him. He's a multi, you know, uh, I was about to say multi-platinum murderer. Um, you know, all these Great people name. who did all these like rogue Transformers who've just like gone around. One of them literally robs banks and um, um, have done, all, done all these stupid things. And this is why I'm laughing because it was fun. Um, but he's like, he wants all these guys and he's, he's going to put together, for some reason that I can't remember, and Adam might, or maybe there just wasn't one. He's putting together a squad that will essentially go and take on Mark Wahlberg and his Autobots. So he, okay. So to get the good Transformers, they're making a deal with the bad Transformers. And so the fight through the abandoned town is the one where the Transformers and the army go in, the Decepticons and the army go in to fight um, the Autobots and uh, Mark Wahlberg. Gotcha. And then that fight ends and a plane lands and uh, Anthony Hopkins robot butler shows up and goes, you've got to come to England with me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's like um, can I bring the other major characters from the film and he's like no they've got to stay here so Mark Wahlberg goes off to England and that's when you start yeah. getting into that's where you meet Andy Hopkins who is loving cheering the scenery in this film and he starts okay. telling him about Knights of the Round Table and he also this might have been flicking around scenes as well but there's a there's a doctor of uh, everything in um, Oxford uh, and it's she a doctor of everything, like it's, they list off her things, and she's like a doctor of classics, and she's got a PhD in this and a master's in that, and and um, okay. she's introduced uh, showing paintings to school kids um, that blatantly have transformers in the paintings, <laughs> but they're, they're supposed to be like you know with Optimus in the background. It kind of, kind of is. So she's like, um, you know, the the legend, the dragons of legend, clearly rubbish, and it's like they've been drawn in such a way, like, like very painterly, very old school kind of paints paintings, but they're not drawn like dragons. Uh. They're, they're drawn like transformers. So, 
Um, so you have like, you know, like a, a giant transformer dragon coming through a, cl a cloud of smoke or like, you know, things like that. It's so, it's so silly, but it made me laugh. Um, Amazing. And she has a car that is also a transformer. She has a Citroen Deus, which won me over because I really like the Deus, you know, the, the wacky old French car. But Annie oh, yeah, that's a beautiful car. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's kind of, it depends. I, I kind of, I think it's really ugly, but that's why I really like it. Um, oh, okay. Because it's just that kind of wonky, like, it's like a beetle, but it's been run through a mangle, you know, so it's like really flat and long. It, it does look like that, but I, yeah, I think there's a strange beauty in it. Oh, no, that's the thing. I like it, but I, it, I think it's kind of ugly. You know, objectively, I think it's kind of ugly, but I, I do, I really love it. It's the first car I ever tangibly know, knew I wanted. Oh, really? I, I will cool. have one one day. That's also a transformer, and, Mar and um, Andy Hopkins get, gets in it on the street in Oxford one day, and he's like, "You know what to do, right?" And he just sort of taps it on the steering wheel, and then, <laughs> and it gets out again, and that's a scene. And then that's, that <laughs> that uh, that car then kidnaps the lady, uh, takes her to the castle where Mark Wahlberg is also being brought by the robot butler, and then they <laughs> then they're told all this history thing, and it's found out that she is the last descendant of Merlin. And he okay. is this, quote, last knight because he's been chosen by this talisman. And the, the robot butler defines himself at one, in one scene later on in the film as a sociopath. His, his okay. eye occasionally twitches and at one point he tries to strangle Mark Wahlberg to death. <laughs> and <laughs> there's so much, there's just so what much happening. Like what were they on when they were writing this? I don't this? know. I mean, I, uh, it would be interesting to hear Adam's take on this when we get him back. But I, I wonder whether there were three different pitches. And at some point someone went, let's do all of them. Um, Some you know, studio exec who was like just just doing whippets and Molly decided that was just all. <laughs> yes, exactly that. But there's because the, there's the kind of the last descendant of Merlin story, which is fine. There's the the little girl who can fix Transformers story, and then there's the um, the kind of uh, Mark Wahlberg who's you know kind of on the run looking after Transformers one as well. And they all just kind of they all kind of smash together with Optimus Prime's "I'm going to go find my maker and be turned evil by her" kind of thing. Um, yeah, and then right. So how, where does it go from there? So at this point, um, Cybertron is headed to Earth with Nemesis Prime, who is bad Optimus Prime, and uh, Quintessa, yeah. who's the, the the potentially evil creator. I don't know if they ever decide whether she is the creator of the Transformers. I, I should think she's just some like evil, self-appointed god. Um, gotcha. Ultimately, rather than being the actual creator of the Transformers. Um, okay. So, right, then they're headed, that, so that's headed to Earth, and you, it cuts to NASA at one point, and um, uh, Tony Hale from uh, Arrested Development is, is the NASA, yeah. NASA science guy, um, Buster. Oh, that's, that's good casting. No, but he's just, he's kind of exasperated, like, you've got to listen to me, we're going to be killed in three days, because suddenly Cybertron's going to arrive in three days, and they're looking at screens, and there's literally just two, like, blobs running to each other, like, boop, boop, boop. So he's Jeff Goldblum from Independence Day. He kind of is, yeah. Excellent. And his, but his dad's not in it, sadly. They should have got the same... They should have got Judd Hirsch in to play the dad. <laughs> just just um, a complete rerun of that. Um, yeah. Uh, right, so where do we go from there? God, there's so much of it. Um, but yeah, basically, like, uh, Cybertron wants to come to Earth because Earth is Unicron. Okay. Of and, course. And yeah, the yeah. horns have started spouting out of different parts of the Earth to form Unicron. And they're in random places because... When it was Pangaea, they were in the right places. So now they're spread out. So there's one in the desert, and there's one in you know in Antarctica or wherever. But the uh, the the middle point, the energy point in the center of of this circle of horns, when it was uh, when it was Unicron, is Stonehenge. So Stonehenge is kind of like the USB port. Um, 
and Cybertron <laughs> needs to plug in to the, the USB port that is Stonehenge to recharge or, or suck all the life out of the Earth, which is going to leave the Earth completely fucked. And so Cybertron and Quintessa and Nemesis Prime are coming to Earth to destroy that. Oh, Adam's back. Give me one second. Hello again. There we go. Hello. Hello. Everything all right? I, it was Skype at first, and just when I was playing with the, uh, with the router trying to fix something because it dropped my Wi-Fi all of a sudden, uh, Jude decided to uh, be sick. So, oh, no. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be fine. Okay. I've just been uh, talking, Gerald, through the story with Earth being Unicron and um, the Doctor of Everything lady and um, her being the last descendant of Merlin and the robot butler who's a sociopath and... Uh, Anthony Hopkins oh and the tank he's got a tank that's also a transformer just sat yes. outside his house who transforms into a World War One, um, <laughs> World War One like second lieutenant kind of guy with the little hat um, yeah of, but he's uh, he's got dementia and just fires uh, cannon rounds at everyone <laughs> yeah he's got dementia because he's old even though he was fighting in the same war as Bumblebee apparently oh yeah Bumblebee was in the second world war Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, different name, but uh, you, there's a big sequence where it's him taking on Nazis. Um, I'm starting to like this film again, explaining the story of it to Gerard, so if you want to dive in with uh, some, some anger at all this, because I like how much it skits around, but the one thing I was saying to Gerard a minute ago, do you feel at any point this was three separate story ideas that were crashed together? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's all, I think that's fair, actually. I don't, I don't know if it's, if it's three separate ideas or if they just lack the... I don't know, the nails to think or to be blunt enough to say, you know, this is, we need a way to introduce this, but having this whole new thing just isn't going to help. It's just that, you know, when they have that uh, fight in the abandoned town and then, mm. um, and then the robot, the robot butler on the ship turns up and it's just like, can my friends come? And he's like, no. And it's just like, okay, so it's almost like that's the point at which we get 30 pages of the other script because it doesn't have those characters in it because it was never meant to. And that was one of those yeah. bits where I was kind of like, oh, it's, it's weird, but it does feel like, okay, so we're just going to put that script away for a minute and we're going to switch to this one, you know, with Anthony Hopkins chewing the scenery and everything. But, yeah, but that's the whole, uh, again, I think it, the reason why I keep going to that point is because it was what, because when I said about snatching victory from the jaws of defeat, it's because I felt like I should really enjoy it. But there was so much of the, of the silliness and just the, the, bad illogical decisions and ideas that it, it was just too much it just took me out of it what did you think you were getting well no but it's not i mean that's the thing i'm not expecting brilliant but i i expect to actually to have a, a logical path and that's the thing with you know i don't know like, i try to think of lots of things i don't know if it's the if it's all the chinese money and they want to hit certain beats and they're going to get there however they're going to get there or whether whether Bay's just lost. Because, you know, you think about stuff like Bad Boys and The Rock and, you know, well, all the, all the all the stuff that sort of, I suppose, the Don Simpson, Brockheimer stuff that made Bay Bay. He, he could tell a story. He could still tell a logical story. And that's the thing. I don't... Don't get me wrong, I don't care if it's far-fetched, I don't care if it's funny or silly, but it should make some kind of sense in its own little world, and it never does. Give me that, give me some examples, because I just like to hear them. 
Well, you've run through the story, right? I've got, I got, um, uh, I got as far as them at the castle and the uh, the robot butler and the the tank and the um, all of that stuff. So the the she's the last descendant of Merlin. He's the last knight. That's that's pretty much as far as I got. So I haven't got to the the submarine that's a transformer, but never transforms into anything apart from being a submarine that operates as a submarine. Yeah, yeah, uh, which is. You know, by virtue of name, not transforming. It's just automated. You, you've, you're on there. You, you, you've. Okay, so I'm going to pick up, pick up with the theme there on the submarine. Okay, so the Mad Butler guy. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I'm, I'm not even going to get into his thing, because he started out as just a bit coming across as a bit antiquated because he's a butler. And then about 20 minutes into his screen time, they've decided it's funnier if he's just mental. Yeah. Yeah, and, and just throwing out stupid stuff left, right and centre. It was like, no, this hasn't worked. This really hasn't worked. But, you know, they made the decision and they went for what they went for. But, do you know, he, he actually he ruined a moment in trying to do that crass funny thing. And I'll come back to the moment, but they actually, he literally ruined a moment in the film because they were determined to have him be a bit of a knob. There you go. I've described a Transformer as a bit of a knob. Okay. (laughs) On the the submarine. So they're on the submarine, and somehow, even though people are following them, they're not following them that close, and they don't actually stop them doing anything. But they are ready to go underwater and follow the submarine at the drop of a hat. Now, I'm not a submariner, but I do imagine that deep-sea exploration vessels require some kind of preparation. And when they jump into this thing, the team, the SEAL team or whatever they are, or the the American... The Transformer Resistance Force, I assume, but it's never said on, on screen. Yeah, I mean, just them, the the grunts, are, they're right on the heels in deep-sea exploration equipment, you know, without any kind of notice or idea. They're just there. Well, they had all that time that uh, Anthony Hopkins was paying off the, the people at the museum to get to the submarine. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> this museum uh, is yeah. closed. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, it's an old submarine. I mean, but anyway, you know, okay, so there's that kind of thing in terms of the... Oh, come on, stuff. But then they're on they're on the submarine. Now, this is what I mean about the whole, we're going to have this in the film, regardless of whether we've earned it, which I think is crucially important, whether you're a writer, director, or filmmaker, you've got to earn your beats. Whether we've it makes any sense, or whether anybody's going to care. So, doctor all the qualifications, and buff Mark Wahlberg are on the submarine, having had virtually no character development other than a silly, it sounds like we're having sex because we're shouting and breaking stuff, even though the innuendos don't work most of the time scene. Mm. But aside from that, there's been no investment between them. So I know what we'll do. The butler will just have a candlelit dinner prepared for them, and then that will be it. They'll fall in love. Yeah, this is the butler in the previous scene catches the fish and beats them to death before creating sushi, which is actually not sushi. But um, no, but it's. Uh, but the point yeah. is, it is just like 
do you know what? Are they ready to fall in love yet? And do you know, I, it's it's unfortunate for Michael Bay because he's a prominent character, and I can I can as soon as I think of the film, I think of his lovely coiffured hair, and I can picture him. Therefore, I just picture him saying, eh, "It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. We'll just have them fall in love. No one will notice. It's fine. They'll just be in love, and it's cool. It's cool. Don't worry about it." Yeah, but we kind of feel like they, they should at least kind of, you know, have a reason to fall in love. Nah, butler, killfish, sushi, love. We're done. <laughs> and that's the film. That is what it does. The butler, killfish, sushi, love. <laughs> actually, that does actually sound like a... That sounds like something that would make Richard and Judy's book club. Um, <laughs> just to, to on, the, on the old Cogsworth or whatever he was called, that's what the butler's called, by the way. Cogsworth? Cog is it? Oh no! Or is it Cogman? Cogman? No, it's Cogman. That's Cogman. It. Cogsworth Cogman. is better though. Cogsworth is better. Right. Okay. I'm not sure if he's meant to be a transformer or not. But anyway, that doesn't really matter. But what did you make of that scene where he's playing the score? So Andy Hopkins is giving this dramatic explanation of the whole Knights of the Round Table stuff and the score happening, and then Andy Hopkins stops, yells at, at the butler who's playing the score in the room, and he's like, "I thought I'd make it more dramatic." I have to tell you, and I'm not ashamed to say it, that bit, and then the bit when he was singing the Lady Opera part, yeah, did next, make yeah. me chuckle. They yeah, were, no, I they were two of the, the only jokes that actually made me chuckle, but, you know, you, you if you're being picky, you probably think that you didn't need them, but, you know, it was some of the better stuff in the oh, entire if film. You were, so. if you were going to go on things you didn't need in this film, you'd actually yeah, exactly. have an 88-minute film. You know, like... But no, yes, I quite enjoyed it. You know, it was that was just before. Oh no, it was during the fact that, you know, he just they wander through his halls and then they're round the round table, and um, oh right, right, and then somebody touches something and it does that thing that films do where they need to get moving with the plot. So they touch something and then loads of stuff happens that explains stuff and then they're, you know, they're done. Did you mention with the whole Anthony Hopkins thing that? Um, that they're the Wick Wiccans? No, I hadn't. I hadn't done that. So, because my God, that made me want to punch something. <laughs> so it's like, why? It's just so un. Like again, they clearly wanted to make a joke about Shia LaBeouf, the Wick Wicky kid. Yeah. That actually, he, there's some heritage reason why he's pulled into all this. But the whole point is that his family didn't know anything about it. He didn't know anything about it. It was a fish out of water thing. And then they show, they talk about the Whit Wiccans thing, and they even have a picture of a bedraggled LaBeouf. Then they're trying to make out that somehow he was involved in it all, all along. No, I, I don't think they are doing that. Because that picture is his eBay picture from the, from the first film, I think. It's that, picture, just, that picture is from these films. It's not a... No, no, that's fine. But what I'm saying is they've got him in the whole Whit Wiccan heritage yeah. thing. And it, it just, it was just, again, it was kind of like they wanted to do it, but why? And what purpose did it serve other than make me sit there and think, he wasn't part of some weird elite thing. He didn't know anything about it. He didn't care about it. He just, him and Bumblebee were brothers, man. And it wasn't about that. And then they tried to make it, and it's, 
I always think when films want to do, and it was it was so evident. Like you was you were talking about it with all the stuff. With was it just a way of doing all the King Arthur stuff? If you've got sequels that predate the original films, I think you've got to be so skillful about how you do that. If if as they do, you want to reference the films that have gone before, so clearly keeping within their universe and also introduce stuff before them, you've got to be so careful about how you do it. And again, they just don't care. They, they, but they've got form on that, haven't they? Like the second one, they go back to the pyramids and stuff, and yeah, but, yeah, they, they, they do but, dance around. It is like everything that happened in human history was, yeah, but it was transformed. It doesn't matter if they've got a form for it. it you know, it, just because they've got it wrong before doesn't mean that they can't get it right. I don't know that it got it wrong. I mean, it carried on in its in its own rubbishy, fun, stupid style. Like right? I say, I, I get it, and I think probably till halfway through when it when it finally beat me, I I might have agreed with you. And there was just I, I will talk about the tipping point for me. The I'm moment of what moments. it was. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's go back to the story. Yeah. So they they're doing that that thing where they do the chase through London and they get on the submarine and. During the chase through London, again, everybody's just turning up everywhere within seconds. Andy Ho- no Hopkins notice. changes car no less than three times for no apparent reason other than they wanted to jam other cars in. Exactly. <laughs> We're back to that theme again. I want to show one of these cars. Does it fit? Not really. We'll just make it fit. Yeah. Um, and then the submarine... Oh, and but Andy Hopkins down. flips off that guy at one point as well. When the, is it the, in the police chase down the mall or something? Yeah. And, he, yeah. and he just cuts Andy Hopkins and he's smiling and he gives like a police car the finger. Yes. <laughs> oh, dear. Andy Hopkins is, is having immense fun in this. Do you know what, though? He is, isn't he? Because he, he didn't really look... Is. I was expecting him to look a bit tired or not bothered for it, but he did actually seem to give it some... He, yeah, I think he was loving it. And, you know, with the whole, like, uh, even with the tank thing that didn't make any sense, he's like, well, don't worry about him, he's a tank. You know, like, and, uh, and, the, and the, like that, the, in the car chase stuff, he just seemed so happy, like, oh, I, I've never been in a fast car before. And, um, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Like, he was just, and I just, I don't know, but I just felt so much joy in his performance. He's like, Westworld wasn't this much fun, you know? And <laughs> it kind yeah. of sounds like he's, he's doing what The Rock did for the Fast and Furious things and kind of just not taking it seriously and having a bunch of fun. I think he is. I think, I think yeah. Andy Hopkins had a great time on this film. Um, and, and also, there's a point when, when they get to the submarine, because I can't remember why they had to get to the submarine, but then, okay, we've got to get there and, and you'll... Because the, because the submarine had the coordinates for the spaceship logged in its memory. Right, which is where, the, the where Merlin thing. was buried or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, but no, he gets there, and the, the, right, we've, we found the submarine... Uh, and everyone's getting on board, and then Anthony Hopkins is like, "Nope, you've got to go. I can't be bothered." And and he just walks off. And yeah, that's... and again, that's and we know why. And I, again, I'll come back. But it's another one of those that they want an emotional beat. They can't be asked or skillful enough to work towards it, so they jam it in. And that's another example of it where he disappears at that point to enable something further on, but it never makes sense why he just goes off. No, it's just kind of like he just sort of taps his cane. He's like, no, it's just you two. Um, yeah, which, but... <laughs> which is fine coming from him because, as you say, he's enjoying himself and all the rest of it. But it's yeah. So they go down in the ship, and it's it's like a it's like a massive spaceship, isn't it? It's huge. Mm. 
so like these guys are going to be lost because it's you know it's obviously a big spaceship so they're wandering through the corridor and she dr muck knows a lot literally stops in one of the corridors and goes i think it's down here and lo and behold that's exactly where it is that is my point it's like every turn they have some inexplicable stupid unexplained thing just to push it along and it's just i think what bothers me most is as somebody who's never had his writing go anywhere but actually cares enough to try it's it's actually a little bit offensive that these people are paid good money to write things that don't actually have any skill or logic or sense to them maybe they wrote something that was somewhat coherent and then it's from that point that it's been mangled by executive decisions and bad directing i don't know i think i i think you're right and i think like mark said i think you can see that sometimes with how they try and jam different lines in or you know storylines i mean or um but i do think some of it is just so inherently you know they've either cut swathes of script out and just added a line in so instead of her being led to it somehow it's like i think it's down here oh it is but the trouble is they do it so much throughout the film that you just well clearly it, it mark was fine he survived it but for me it just beat me was that the tipping point then literally the uh no 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 that was the tipping here. point okay i haven't got to the tipping point oh I, really I, okay no that was a bit where i was like um i would kind of rolled my eyes but no it wasn't a tipping point should we get to the tipping point yeah let's get to the tipping point because I, I don't know what it's going to be um the straw that broke the adam's back should we just jump to the tipping point yes yeah yeah so the tipping point was when all the stuff's kicking off and you've got um, everybody doing all their fighting and running off and doing everything they've got to do. Um, you've then got um, Optimus finally being good again. Okay, so, so yeah, Optimus comes crashing back down to Earth um, as Nemesis Prime the underwater ship with the Merlin staff, which they now have, but I think Megatron's got by this point. Um, and the whole, they, they, it all comes to the surface of the water and then, um, and then it's floating in the air and they're all, there's a giant fight that happens between Bumblebee and Optimus Prime and then Bumblebee manages to turn Optimus Prime good again. And then we get yeah. to Tipping Point. So what was Tipping Point? So Tipping Point was that he's finally good. They're finally all doing what they need to do. And then, just out of nowhere, Optimus says, I've got to go and do something. I can't, I can't even remember what he says. It's something about, you know, I've got something to do or I've got somewhere to go or whatever it is. <laughs> Sorry, and then I've got somewhere to be. <laughs> he disappears. And then, again, out of absolutely nowhere, the, all the other guys are like, okay, Optimus has gone. Then, after about 15 minutes, they've all having hell kicked out of them. Everybody's getting beaten up. And then it turns out that actually what really happened was Optimus was just taking the scenic route and it was so that he could turn up riding the dragon. And that was it. 
the entire reason for him disappearing without a trace was because they wanted him to reappear riding the dragon. Oh, no, but, yeah, he goes to, like, talk the knights around, doesn't he, on the ship? Sorry, I, I remember now. Because, yeah, you're supposed to be able to command them with the staff, but ultimately that's just a bag of bullshit. You don't need the staff for anything. Um, which was weird and did feel like something was missing from it. But so when Optimus Prime buggers off, he goes to get the 12 knights, which we never see on screen at one time, uh, to turn into the dragon so they can use the dragon to defeat Quintessa, I suppose. So he yeah. buggers off to do that and then, yeah, and then literally comes back riding the dragon. I thought that made sense, actually. That he went up there to be kind of like, brothers, you need to come and help me save the humans, you know? No, I, I, it just, it felt like they wanted a cool entrance on a dragon, so they made it work. It was, it was, it was a cool entrance on a dragon. Because, because the knights were already working for, what's his name, for Wahlberg. Had he won them round? I know, because they, they were going to kill him on the ship, weren't they? And then, and then he didn't kill him on the ship, so I guess he had won them round. Because, yeah, because he has the amulet or whatever, the talisman, and it's like, he's one of us, he's the prophesied last knight. Yeah, why didn't they turn into the dragon without Optimus going and convincing them to? That's what I mean. It's it's like they thought that's a cool image, even though it's exactly the same image as him riding on Grimlock. Mm. It's literally the same idea. They think, well, we want that image, so we'll make it work. Fair. Which, you know, it, I think it, it wasn't that that was one moment that was so bad. It's just the fact that it was the last accumulation, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. I, well, I don't know. I just maybe I went in with just really low expectations or something, but I just felt like it was more Transformers, and and I was surprisingly okay with that, given that I really, really didn't enjoy the last one, and I didn't, other than the technological interest, I I didn't really have that much involvement in this one. I didn't think the trailers were any good, and and I just I greatly enjoyed it. Um, yeah. yeah. The trailer really didn't make me want to watch this film. No, the trailer no. the trailers I saw were bad. Um but uh the film, like I say, I, I, I didn't really have a problem with it. And I thought most of the stuff that there there is bits that doesn't make sense, but most of it was papered over either at least visually, if not um in terms of the flow of it. So um in in a lot of ways, I mean the the bits that didn't make sense for me were the the ruins of a Norman church in, in the time when it should have been new and little things like that. Yeah, yeah, there is a lot of that. I'm afraid, gents, that I'm going to have to love you and leave you. Um, there are an hour, so they're probably about... Otherwise needed. Yeah. But I think I've got my main bit across. Um, okay. No problem. Sorry about that, gents. All right. No problem. Good to speak to you, Adam. Okay, See you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I liked it. You nailed it on the head when Adam was off the the in the before time. Um, <laughs> it, it's 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 how it's how you go into it, isn't it? It's it, what were you expecting? I wonder more and more of it because I mean, but the thing is, like, Adam's on the side of um, uh, the majority in this. The uh, no one is going to see this film. It had something like a thirty-two million dollar opening weekend, which is like oh half. hell, I could million dollar weekend yeah that's oh, like and that was a five day bloody hell so that's from terrible. wednesday to monday 32 million 
Could this be the nail in the coffin with that being the case? It, it, it could well be. I mean, it depends how it does overseas and everything. Like, cause, because as Adam said, the, the, the China money is a big China. thing. The uh, Age of Extinction did very well in China. Uh, this one doesn't feel quite as tailored to that. That had a lot of the ending um, of Age of Extinction. The age of the, the, the uh, extinction the, happened in, uh, in China. So, but gotcha. I was in a like 8.30 screening on a Friday night IMAX and there must have been only like 14 people in there. My goodness, and that's, that's a, not good. And a week after it opened. But yeah, it isn't doing well, and so it would be interesting. I don't know. I um, I can try and while we're here, just pull up Box Office Mojo and just see yeah. how it is actually doing. Um, so right, so it has made domestically in the US, it's at 102 million for two weeks. Um, okay. Which is, I mean, 102 would have been a good opening weekend for it. I, so yeah. that's not great. Uh, production budget estimated 217. Um, in the foreign. It's made, you know, rest of world. Um, it's made three hundred and twenty-seven million. So it's okay. at for two weeks. Still. It's at four hundred, you know, thirty, which isn't bad. But then it's doubled its budget if you to, if you total all of that. In, but normally, isn't isn't there kind of a rule of thumb that it needs to at least equal its budget domestically to to really be considered a success? Yeah, I mean, the they used to say, and I don't know if it's quite true anymore, that it was. Um, you know, it, if you took the production budget and doubled it, you would have what it was with the advertising because the, the amount of advertising that goes into these sure. nowadays globally. So it might be starting to break even at 400 and a bit million. Right. Um, not to sound, you know, like, like I exactly know what I'm talking about, but that could be at the point at which it starts to make money. Um, but I would be interested to know how much longer it pay, plays for with, with that because... Um, this is why you want to make, you know, essentially a third of your budget back on an opening weekend because yeah. there's always going to be more product coming. Sure yeah, every two weeks there's going to be another big one. But, but yeah, so, yeah, so I don't know how it'll get, you know, if, if, a, if a Friday primetime screening is getting 14 people in IMAX, it's not going to be on the IMAX in another week. Simple as that. Unless that upticks wildly, they'll put something else in there because, you know, the... You know, the, 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 let's say they made a hundred and let's say they made 200 quid off that performance. That's nothing yeah. for a Friday evening. You should be, you know, you should be making a wild amount. There's probably 400 seats in that auditorium, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and you're making 200 quid off that. That's, that's nothing. So, so, yeah, so that's, um, that's not good for its future. And in terms of another one, it, it'll you'll have to wait and see when the summer's over and how long it's played for in certain places and you know whether it's opened everywhere already and things like that to see whether it makes yeah. the the money they want it to but i would think if it doesn't go north of 800 then the chances yeah, I, of a sequel go down unless the budget gets cut and the way this actually leaves it in terms of a story is pretty fucked like you know um the literally Cybertron and Unicron slash Earth are smashed together at this point. Uh -huh. And, and um, you know, because it's tried to extract all the energy out of Unicron to, to rebuild Cybertron, and then it stopped, and then they're both sort of half mangled, strapped together kind of thing, flying mm. in space. And the Earth and the moon has been destroyed. <laughs> they destroyed the moon coming by. So, um, so there's going to be a, there's a lot of there's a lot of crap. So if you do another one, you've got to, you've got to spend yeah. money to create this kind of dis I, dystopian I, yeah. wasteland. Um, yeah. 
So that's going to be interesting. Like the whole, or, you know. Or pre-credit sequence that says, and the dystopian wasteland was tidied up by magic. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, okay, LA girl with button bike again. Yes. <laughs> just yeah they're gonna they're gonna blame the fact that this one was less misogynist and leery as the reason it didn't make money and they'll just be like fine like we'll come back for another one do what you want and it's gonna be like turbo bay <laughs> you know it's gonna be the worst piece of shit um, yeah absolutely when you were talking about the um them trying to put the the team of of, of like miscreant robots together i was like what is this like lock stock and two smoking robots or something it's i imagine like the the the, the you know the guy Ritchie thing that he does where it's, it's like you know someone who's defined by their characteristic hmm. and and it's a, a, a still and then you get the wacky writing come up on the screen that's kind of what i imagined but with transformers you know um yes it does it literally does that um when uh, when megatron is asking for his mates out of prison It'll, yeah. it'll like freeze frame on them like they're all coming out of different prisons is the best bit so there's like a specific prison for the for the tiny bank robber one or the you know whatever and uh, and it'll be him like strapped to a thing and it'll they'll be wheeling him out or strapped to a thing like uh, Hannibal Lecter or something and it'll freeze frame and his name will pop up in like wacky font yeah. you know and uh, with a music cue kind of thing and it's um, <laughs> so it really is like it's so much it's just like it's the roller coaster carnival sideshow of a film where it's like, you don't like this bit, don't worry. There's 12 more bits coming and they're all different. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and the one thing, like, and I, I unashamedly like Michael Bay for this, and the same thing Zack Snyder does, not that either of them are, you know, produce things that are flawless. They do scale no. in a way that you, you just don't get anywhere else. And I think part of it, because it was a visual feast on the IMAX, and like there's just these huge landscapes or even in the ship that Adam was on about how big it was like mm -hmm. at least some of that has to be practical like it's crazy yeah. the sets they're building for this thing and then how much CG they're then putting on top and then you know pulling back from all that to have these you know even this, the, the half destroyed landscapes or the giant ship transformer ship so everything would be bigger but you've got these you know tiny humans running around in it there's, there is a lot going on in these films and there's a lot of for all the story failings and everything else there is so much success in terms of sound design and art department and Absolutely, set design yeah. and, and like it's crazy that i do have to give a lot of it credit just to be able yeah. to marshal the army it would take to make one of these things is you know is bananas it's, it's, yeah that, that's that's some of the stuff that i find impressive about this stuff is 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 that 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 scale and the attention to detail because I remember watching the second one and kind of thinking the amount of work that has gone into just a single frame of this, this the, like these big wide shots with these extremely detailed, whether you like the look of the Michael Bay Transformers or not, you know, with all the exposed kind of works, mm. uh, the amount of work that goes into the, the, the detail of, the, of those, those models is absolutely phenomenal. And it kind of puts me in mind of, because uh, I, I love big cityscapes and that sort of thing. And this is, a, even though there might not be cityscapes, the things like big shots of those ships, they're, they're, they're similar to like the, um, is it layering that, uh, uh, what's his name, Ridley Scott calls, uh, talks about when, when they were doing the design of the, the Blade Runner set, for example. Right, okay. they, there's, there's so much in there to make it feel like a genuine world that there's stuff in there that you just don't see, but it's there because it, it makes up part of the world and there might be something in front of it or on top of it or 
next to it or rubbing up against it that is that that actually is it, it, it does add to the visual effect and that kind of detail and, and the people who put that together even if it is for something like this that's not necessarily the most highbrow or wonderful of movies uh, yeah there's there's parts of it to respect i think you have to you have to give it credit because yeah because yeah, it doesn't doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't yeah. happen by accident. And even even like the happy accidents you'll get on a on a production that size, like you still have to marshal an army of people to get to that. And Oh, I think we've what? got Adam back. Is Adam back? Yeah, you, you have got me back. Hello. Oh. Yeah, I just I, I thought I'd come back just to tell you something really, really weird that just happened. Ooh, go on. Yeah, so um if I sounded a bit weird in the last call, it's because I thought I heard someone trying to break into my house. Oh, shit. Oh. Yeah, so I was moving around, being loud while talking to you, trying to put anyone off. But I think it was a genuine mistake. But uh, it was really weird. I was trying to make my point and being quite passionate anyway, and then uh, also thinking, is someone trying to break into my house? Was anybody there? No, 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 what it was, I've done, um, I won't go into all the boring detail under illustrious form, but um, I'd cleared out all the alleyway at the side of the house today, it's the big job I did, so I thought I'd left the door open, uh, and I would have bet money that I heard the end door open and then someone try the door into the kitchen, huh. um, but what I think it was is the next door neighbour is right on that alley and there's no insulation between. So I think it's just that he was opening doors and moving around, and it, but it it sounded a hell of a lot like somebody was trying the back door to the kitchen. So in moving everything out of the alleyway, you've created a void in which sound is pinging around, I suppose, potentially. Exactly that, right. exactly that. So it, so literally, I was talking to you trying to grab something hard and uh, and see what was going on, So and then I, I just gave up to my curiosity and said, I'm going to have to go and check this out. Random. All right. Um, yeah, very weird. But but the house was not broken into, which was uh, good. That. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> Use it for some marketing buzz. <laughs> <laughs> you think it was Michael Bay was sending the boys around? Yeah. 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 We're getting another bad podcast review. Um, the yeah, I have I have to say that there's one thing. I mean, I know. I know I've raised my stuff about the film, and, and I do get why you enjoyed it, and I think that's why it annoyed me so much more than the last two, just because I felt like I could have been enjoying it, but it was just pushing too far. Okay. In the bit you missed, we were talking about how you're on the side of the majority in terms of audiences in this, and I, I didn't get the chance to say this to you, but the screening I had on Friday night in primetime on IMAX had 14 people in it. <sighs> I literally, well, I literally counted. That's all. <laughs> well, I think, I think the real disaster I was reading um, the other day is that is not performing as they wanted it to in China. Right. Okay. It's made three, think, over three hundred for the rest of the world. In in you know if it's if it's been out everywhere for the last two weeks, I brought it up on Box Office Mojo. So yeah, because um, Age of Extin Extinction, by all accounts, was an absolute phenom phenomenon with China and made stupid amounts of money, um, broke all the records, I think, for China. And apparently this opened well, but it's, it's died a quick death. Age of Extinction, uh, 858 million worldwide. Wow. Yeah. So, and, and domestic it, sure. gross of 245. So 
Um, I'm sure China was. I'm sure China was about three fifty four hundred of that. Right. Okay. Wouldn't surprise and me considering the uh, it, the huge story elements out there. Yeah, and obviously a lot of the funding for this and lo and behold the product placement seemed to be China. Yes, there was a lot of random like, uh, here's my Chinese phone or Chinese iPad or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I think some of the cars that I didn't recognise when they, when Andy Hopkins kept changing car, well, some of those were uh, like a Geely or something. Yeah, I think. Well, I think one of them was meant to be some sort of driverless concept thing, huh? just because the way it looked and when they got into it and how, you know, space age and weird it looked like. And I don't think Cog Cogsworth or whatever was driving that one. So um, Cogsworth, by the way, I looked up is uh, is the, the the name of the the animated clock in Beauty and the Beast. Oh, that's probably why they didn't call him that. Right. Yeah. So it's Cogman because they're like, oh, we haven't got anything else. Cogman. Cogman. <laughs> they should have called him like Gearsworth would have been better yeah do you think he was a transformer or was he some sort of just robot think... butler that had been built by a previous generation of Whitwickens right without without suggesting that we would then be thinking about this more than anybody else has including the filmmakers I think that the the truth is that he must be a transformer because how on earth would he have any kind of sentience mm. if he was gears and everything? Unless they're suggesting that the Whitwickens created AI millennia ago, and that's oh. another thing, well, which, you know... The next movie. Because, yeah. um, spoiler alert, not that we've even got there yet, but Andy Hopkins has a death scene in this, doesn't he? And he, now, when, when he's dying, he? he says that he's served, like, nine generations or something, doesn't he? Yes, he does, and... I did say earlier, and then my potential burglar foiling false alarm uh, threw me off the scent, but I did say I would talk about how their dedication to the Cogman thing really destroyed that moment for me. Okay. Is firstly, the reason why Anthony Hopkins waved them off in the submarine and didn't come with them is that he could nobly die on his own time to protect the Earth. Oh. Um, firstly... He wasn't trying to protect the Earth. He stupidly tried to shoot Megatron in the face with a gun <laughs> that was just going to make Megatron go, what are you doing? I will crush you. Him. Exactly. So that was stupid. But more importantly, that's the whole reason why he didn't go with them, because they wanted him to have He's separate. a sacrificial yeah. death scene that everybody would care about. But nobody cares about because of the way you've handled it. But then, even if you did care about it, they have Cogman say... Of all the nine generations that I have served... <laughs> you're the so coolest. You're the coolest. <laughs> and it was literally... I, I, I think at that point, it went from... I wasn't burying my head in my hands. I actually smacked my palm off my head. <laughs> it's like, okay, so he's nine generations old. He's, he's had that exposure to the many forms of language and evolutions of language. And he goes with, you were the coolest. Yeah, and I I slapped my palm off my thigh, and laughed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. And that's the difference between us. Uh... <laughs> yeah, but I can quite often be that that guy, and it just like I say the the other the the previous ones have kind of just washed over me. I've known them for what they are. I don't know. It was probably just 
not just one film's worth, but then all the all the previous films worth of enough is enough. Right. Well then, uh, I mean, how, what's your feeling? Because we, we, when you were off, we were talking about budgets and stuff. Do you think there is another one in this? Do you think they reboot? Do you think they... Because Michael Bay said he'd done, although, you know, that's always based on money. Um, the box office receipts on this one, not so good. They, the Where they leave the Earth, the Earth is fucked. You know, like it's, it's now joined together with Cybertron and, you know, it's, you know, it's such a mess. Like, how do you do, you, do you, do you bother doing another one or do you leave it there? I don't, you know, if you give the right person it and they'll make it work and they'll do a good job of it because you've, you know, they'll do something about that survival stuff. But to be honest with you, they've destroyed so much, like, like the joke about Hot Rod you know, hot rods oh, in yeah, it. Oh, yeah, hot rods. But he's, he's French now. No, he's not. He's it. just stuck with the accent. He, says, he literally says it, doesn't he? Because they go, you're affecting that accent. He's like, no, I am stuck with the accent. And he's kind, yeah. of, um, he's kind of like Pepe Le Pew. He's kind of after the human woman. <laughs> yeah, but again, it's kind of, you know... He's the Citroen AS, like, by the way. Oh, okay. And he, but he transforms into a Lamborghini within about five seconds. <laughs> so... Yeah. Yeah, that's better. I it's like his more, car. Yeah, because on his drive into Oxford slash London slash the Natural History Museum slash a lecture hall, yeah. he's somehow managed to miss all the nice cars, so he's just stuck with one. Um, uh, but anyway, it, again, it's just that whole thing about, well, we want to get Hot Rod in the film, yeah, but Hot Rod's supposed to be like a badass and he's like the successor to Prime and all that. And Yeah, but don't worry about that. We'll just kind of make him a bit of a jokey character. He'll have a French accent. But he'll be in the film. And then you're thinking, if you're inheriting that and you're going to want to make a new film and you start thinking about avenues, like maybe it's time for Optimus to die and we'll bring Hot Rod in. But we can't now because they made him a chump. <laughs> <laughs> they have. I just, I think it's too much of a mess, isn't it? I think they're well. They'll, you, you summed it up. If the money's there, the money's there. If I they think the money will be made, they'll make it. As far as but, I'm aware, there's still the Bumblebee spin-off, which is not necessarily in production, but it's certainly on along the way. Development. Yeah. Yeah, and that that might well be the future for them. Is do a couple of spin-offs and. Do something to thread some of those together, or something. Well, the, the Bumblebee one, I think, is either set in the seventies or eighties, so you can you you know you don't have to, you can do that smaller and uh, not necessarily have to worry about the, the the global stakes, but they probably won't because you know that's how these things work. But mm. um, on 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 Cog's uh, Cogman um, on his uh, on his use of language again, I, I just remembered while you were talking the um, the bit when they're on the submarine, and I think it's after the romantic dinner scene where he beats the fish to death but when they're getting off the submarine and they're in it's, um, doesn't one of them does Bumblebee or something one of them pushes him in the water after he's like I'm not yes. going in that water and then he turns around and goes you two just made my shit list and yes and it's just the idea that he would use the term shit list that made me laugh yeah I know <laughs> but that's the thing it made you laugh it made me <laughs> cry made my shit list because it's the one guy it's the butler from um, Downton Down yeah, yeah as well doing the voice really? It's Jim, oh, something, actually, Jim Connors, is it? Something like that. Jim. That sounds about right. But yeah, you've got you've got a few people in this who are just like, oh, why are they doing that? 
how did you feel about it, sir? As as a father, um, these movies are for kids, and I've always played this game with the Transformers film, where every time there's a lewd joke, a leering moment, or um, a swear word, I always think to myself, these films are for children. Yeah, and you would be right too. And I have to admit that that started way back with which was the second one? Was that um, Age of the Fallen, or no, was uh, that yeah, Revenge Dark of the Fallen? I think. Revenge of the Fallen, whatever it was. That that was the first. Well, the first Transformers film. Some of the Megan Fox stuff, like no mechanic looks at an engine the way that she looks at an engine. You know, it's just all like so. Look at look at her. Look at her. Look at her. Some of that made me uncomfortable. But then I think the second one. I remember I did see it with a friend, and he had kids. I remember walking out. They weren't with us at the time, but I remember walking out and him saying, I don't know whether to take my kids. And I said straight away, I wouldn't be comfortable taking sort of seven, eight-year-old kids to that. Mm. There's, there's some, it's, to me, and it's why I agreed with you earlier, it's been the better one for the pseudo-soft-porn, slow-mo, on-the-women's-bits-at-various-stages stuff. I think it was the best in a while for that. I mean, the... Mama Quill is an attractive lady, but they generally let her kind of stay fully dressed and just be pretty rather than... They try their damnedest, don't they, to, to, like, you know, with the stripper dress and all that sort of stuff. They they try and... They they sort of try to to nudge it that way, but it's almost like something is trying to nudge it that way, or someone, shall we say, is trying to nudge it that way, while... The way it's written on the page and way certain things are going are actually trying to keep it away from that. So it's someone. It seems like sometimes there's two opposing things. One that's like, yeah, let's do more, more of that, and then something else is kind of saying like, no, let's just get on with what we're here to do. So yeah, it, it, yeah, I think I think you're right. But you have to think like that dress, the the, the stripper dress, as Mark Wahlberg wittily mm-hmm. calls it, looked quite a nice dress to me. But the the dress <clears throat> itself. In, in Michael Bay terms, might as well be a chastity belt in an Iron Maiden because you don't see bare flesh. So that, for me, was such a significant... It, you know, it is, when, when it makes you uncomfortable as a father thinking about your kids seeing the way they're portraying women, I think that can only be a bad thing. Mm. And that, absolutely. But, yeah, you're right. I think with this one, it was far more the jokes and the nature of the jokes. And I think it's like I spoke to you about the Power Rangers film. Yeah. And, like, early in the Power Rangers film, there's that crash joke about milking the bull. Yes. And I, I don't want to ruin the Power Rangers film for anyone who hasn't seen it. I don't know if you... Have you seen it, Gerard? I haven't, no. No, well, you are missing a treat. Um, but, you know, there's this whole joke about, oh, I've, st- I've stolen the ball. Uh, well, what did you do? It's angry. Oh, and I tried to calm it down. How did you try to calm it down? I milked it. Uh, it's a ball. Oh. Mm-hmm. You know, there, but even though I was sat there watching it with my eldest, who's only five, yeah, it, that kind of joke just goes straight over his head. And he, it will never... It's ne- When they're old enough to understand it, they're kind of old enough to watch it so so that kind of thing is fine but when you've got the guy unnecessarily swearing people flipping the bird left right and center and again it is wholly unnecessary there is a lot of swearing in this one like it's really well yeah 
when the little BB-8 thing redeems itself at the end, it literally tells, what does it plug into? Is it him that takes it down Megatron? Or is it, what does he take down? No, he takes down the big cannon thing, doesn't oh, he? Oh, he the does, he does. Gun. He takes the big gun down. And uh, he just, when he, when he sort of R2-D2's into it to kind of wire it up, he just literally in robot goes like, fuck you, you know, like. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, but other than that, it's like everyone says shit. <laughs> there's just so many times people say shit in this and I kept thinking like I wonder if there's a count limit for 12A or PG-13 on shit because this has to be really at the top end of it yeah it does and I think it like if anything the thing it makes me wonder about is if they think that's pandering to the kids they're pandering to the wrong kids mm. and they're not you know it's I, I've never been approved and I you know Owens, he's only five, but I think he's seen pretty much all the first and second wave Marvel stuff. And some of that, I think, is close to levels of comfort. But I never feel that it's it's going to hurt him or it's going to lead him to do something silly other than jump on my nuts more than he should. It doesn't hurt him. Whereas this kind of thing I, I, I do watch and think... I don't like the message that I'm sending to him, and I don't, I don't want him to think that way. Mm. And that's, I do think it crosses that line way too much. I, I don't. Um, if I, I tell you what, one thing would have skewed me on this a lot. If there had been any children in my screen, I probably would have got a few like uncomfortable moments out of the film and just been like, "Come on, there's fucking kids here," you know. I mean, I'd like to say I do have those moments when I'm watching these movies where I do like quietly think to myself, "These movies are for children," you know, like. And, and just when stuff happens in him, you've kind of got to go, Ugh. but then I'm not a child. I'm sat there watching it with other non-children. I'm fine with that. Unless you put them in there, I will start to think about it through their eyes, you know? And um, that sort of stuff does bother me a bit. And there are, the, the more, the older I get, the more I think about um, the way children will take um, some of the characters and stuff. And, and that always bothers me when, uh, when like um, like this goes back to our Wonder Woman review actually like the the portrayal of female characters to little girls is something that we have a, a very long-standing problem with in in films and there's been a bunch recently where I've been like this is just terrible like the the film's portrayal of its female characters is just awful and this doesn't really um, do anything to kind of write that but it's actually not as bad as other films out at the moment that are being very very well reviewed. So. Yeah, well, I think, yeah, I think part of the reason for that is that it's so superficial. Yes, well, the whole thing, it, that's true, it's, it's a superficial... It can't moment, make a negative impact. Like, if you're being fussy, the portrayal of her mother and her friends mm. is, is pretty abysmal. <laughs> sort of drunken, weird coven. Well, that's the thing, the women are, the women are either super smart... And although they appear to be conservative and sexually conservative, they are actually just waiting for Mark Wahlberg's big biceps and then they're going to open, like, a, a dam to flood the fires. It's just a... Is it they're either that or they're women who are only interested in the most base things for their daughter and, you know, obviously because they're women... They're incapable of recognising that their daughter is a very strong, independent, intelligent woman. Therefore, they'll just henpeck her about having a husband every moment they see her. Yeah, and they you know? and and on that level, whoever is 
uh, writing this film goes like, oh, but we don't want to look like uh, a man, uh, or sorry, a woman has to have a man to be, to be anything real, so they throw in a lesbian joke. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's it, it's that kind of, yeah, they probably are as terrible, if not worse, than everyone else, but you don't care enough. It doesn't impact enough for you to think, oh, hang on. Yeah, I don't, then, I don't expect, like, huge movements in uh, uh, those sorts of things to come from from this kind of top-level no, mass-market entertainment. But equally, but there, say, are, there are a lot of things where I wouldn't expose certain people to these films because of the potential um, impact they would have on them, put it that way. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. But, I mean, in terms of, like you say, about the Wonder Woman thing and, and the positive role models and what what you would... I think anybody would have to accept is that there's a huge amount of characters in these films and including in this one, the, the last night, um, that are basically, they they could be gender neutral. There's no reason why they couldn't be women mm. in the roles. And they are very heavily men in the roles. There's very, you know, you have loads of elite commando squads, loads of the TRF and loads of these peripheral characters that could very comfortably have had feature predominantly women and they're just, they've made the decision not to. And it's, you know, that that is been, well, when the women are major characters in the Transformers films, they are eye candy that seem to fluke into doing some good things sometimes. Yeah. Fair. I mean, it is weird that you don't have a woman on the, you know, on the TRF as 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 in any form of noticeable capacity. Put it that way. But you do have. Did you notice that? Uh, I think one of the guys. I meant to look this up. Skinner from the X Files is one of the TRF guys. Did you notice that? No. Let me check whether I'm right on that because I swear there was a, there was a bald guy with a beard at the start, and I was thinking like, who's that guy? And it, I swear it was the guy who played Skinner in X Files. It could it could be actually. I think I know who you mean, and it does make sense. It could be him or similar. What well, while you're either looking at that or thinking about it, have you mentioned the Megatron negotiations? Uh, what where he get where he shows up in the desert and all the lawyers are there? Yeah, they yeah, show I, up in the desert. Yeah. There are lawyers there, and then they do the montage can, with all the freeze frames and names of other and, transformers. Yeah, and the Decepticons, on. yeah, and the Decepticons are getting like firstly. It's a rip-off of, or a near rip-off of Suicide Squad, which was awful. That's like, fair, If you're going to do that, choose a film that was a wild success. Don't rip off a disaster. But, again, there Gerard is... said um, uh, Lockstock, and I, I kind of thought of, like, Con Air and stuff. I thought he was kind of ripping off himself, but, but the more, like... Suicide Squad last summer made a shit ton of money, so why not? Let's have a little bit of super Suicide Squad in there, you know. So you, you're not. Come, come here, wasn't Bay, was it? No, it was. It was um, Simon, Simon West. West. Yeah. yeah. So he's not yeah. ripping off himself. He's ripping off other people who used to be under Bruckheimer's tutelage. Actually, it was TRF group leader Mitchell Craig Pileggi. He's credited, but Mitch Pileggi from uh, X Files. Mitch Pileggi. Yeah, yeah. Mitchell Craig yeah. Pileggi. I mean, at this point, why would you be changing the name you worked under? <laughs> that is that's quite it's awesome. It's, it's it's to try and garner some, I don't know, cred rather than being Larry. Would you think? Just think at some point he got kicked out of the uh, 
like um, <laughs> one of the unions, and now he's back, and it's like, so, yeah. sorry, Mitch, someone took that name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mitch for legend is a common name. You, you know, you, you had to expect it that was going to happen. Yeah. I just like yeah. the idea that he, he was trying to get some cred, so, so he soul-searched, grew a beard, and then in his ultimate quest to get credibility, decided to appear in the fifth Transformers <laughs> film. Transformers <laughs> film. That's fair. And they bring back What's-His-Face, who I'm pretty sure died in the first one as well, but I think he was in like the second or third as well. Tyrese Gibson. Hmm? No, no. Um, the one general guy, the ginger guy who was in like CSI and everything. Oh, he does He does loads of Bay films, doesn't he? I think yeah. he, isn't he isn't he the guy who's been in more Bay films than anyone else in Probably. some weird... Glenn Morshower. Sorry, I've still got IMDb. Yeah, in front of me. I'm he sure plays... he's been who... in tons. Glenn Morshower's character in this film is General Morshower. Oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, I'm going to... Yeah. Wrapping this up, I'm afraid. I've been gone from the family celebrations all too long. But... Sorry, yeah, that's a fair point. We've been going for way too long. Well, you've, you've, you've talked me through a potential break in my son's illness and helped me grieve for a film that could have been at least enjoyable, so I appreciate it. Well, good. I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed talking about it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you know, the best thing is, uh, Mark, I, I don't think me and you are done talking about it. Probably not. <laughs>